Hello and welcome to the Locomo Traveller podcast. This is an audio podcast about getting out and about across the UK. My name is Chris and I'm vision impaired. This podcast is about going to places that uh, we all enjoy going to, the theatre, concerts, special places of interest, architecture and historical uh, buildings. So I'm hoping that you'll enjoy this podcast and it's primarily looking at not only the actual places that I visit, but also how accessible they are to people with disabilities. Even though I've got a vision impairment, I've done quite a lot of work in the past with people with multiple disabilities. So I have a good understanding about what may be good and bad for people with various disabilities visiting around the UK. Now, I hope that you'll come aboard and enjoy the journey and you'll be seeing a few podcasts coming through soon. Primarily those I did last year, but this will be an audio format. But most of my podcasts are actually in video format on, on YouTube. And what I will do then is once I produce the video version, I'll produce an audio version for you. So I hope you enjoy them and thanks for your time. See you later. Bye. Hello, and we're going to talk a little bit about Stonehenge today. Um, it's about my visit last year to Stonehenge, part through the pandemic, and uh, I just thought I'd give a bit of an overview about what I thought was the best way to visit Stonehenge as a vision impaired person. And so we start our journey, and the journey I take is, is by a bus. Uh, I live in Birmingham, so I get a bus from where I live into the centre of Birmingham and I get to New Street Station. Uh, New Street Station has a bus stop, or in fact two bus stops outside it. Um, for those interested, the number 23 and the 82, 83, 87 and 62, 63 all stop there. And that's really good for if you live in different areas of, uh, of Birmingham. And then it's just a short walk from the bus stops to New Street Station entrance. Uh, New Street's all on one level as you're going. It's fairly bright. I mean, you've got to be careful in that in the sense that you're going, you may be going through a, a light daylight and then we, you walk through the automatic doors and it is a little bit dark on entry. Darker than obviously than it is outside. And then as you go through into the main concourse, you have the atrium there, so it's all lit up and it's all there, quite nice and bright. The only problem with New Street Station is that it's all white. So you have white walls and uh, white sides to the uh, to uh, to the stanchions and what have you, and columns and everything. So it can be a bit of a, uh, a bit difficult. Um, you've got um, boards that uh, show the status of the trains. Uh, they're all orange LEDs. So I, mean, I don't know if some people may have a problem with that, but the LEDs, at least on a black background, uh, certainly sometimes the light can go, go across them and they can be difficult to see. The way I get around that, if I don't see it properly, is I'm lucky I've got some vision. I'm vision impaired, I've got some useful vision. So I just get my smartphone out and I just put, lift my smartphone up and put, open the uh, photo app and I, uh, take a photo and then zoom in on the photo. That's that's one way you can do it. There's also assistance available at New Street Station. Uh, and if you come in from 
small but Queensway, which is where these bus stands are, and you walk straight into the New Station, you would need to go through to the concourse and then turn left and then go extremely to your left and then forward and then you'll find the network rail offices where you can actually go for assistance if you've booked assistance. Going through the gate areas, you've obviously got a, a automatic gates uh, and they're manned, but sometimes, especially after half past nine when, the, when you can get through on your bus pass or a concessionary pass, if you live in the West Midlands, these, these um, entrances are usually open, so you don't need your ticket. But otherwise, it, you will need your ticket, whether it's on the smartphone or paper ticket to get through. Uh, and then once you're through there, that's all on one level. There are escalators going down onto all platforms and there's also lifts going down to all platforms as well. Um, there's a number of shops and eateries as you go through, as you go through the gates. And also, obviously, there's the male and female toilets as well. As far as going down the escalators, for, I mean, I'd say to people, if you are if you're all concerned about going down the escalator, there are, like as I say, lifts to the platforms. And if you go through this side where it will take you down to the B end of the platform, so you need to you need to go down the escalator or hold left and then turn left and walk back down on the platform to get to the A A stand. So uh, so the A platform, should I say? And then, like I say, the information boards down on the platform or orange lettering or lady lettering so you can do the same that I did before with a phone and look at it like that or if you booked assistance then fine that's they'll take you and put you on the train so the journey to Stonehenge so how did they do that well basically um, I got the Reading train which is a cross-country service to Reading uh, and then I left the train at Basingstoke and then from Basingstoke I changed to Salisbury um, which was quite easy to do. Salisbury's just like, although it's got a number of platforms, it's just a normal standard station really, although it's got quite a few uh, services to London from, from Basingstoke, so th th they're the predominant services. And they're the ones that will probably, that will take you on to Salisbury. You need to be aware of those. And at the time uh, that I went, there it was not many people were traveling, but it was, it was, it was a pleasant experience. And of course I went mid afternoon. So I arrived at Salisbury about half past four, four o'clock, half past four. For this trip to Stonehenge, I planned it out. And the way I planned it out was that I would stay overnight and then go to Stonehenge the following morning. And then direct from Stonehenge, go direct to the, to the train station and then onward home to Birmingham. So planning, how did I plan the journey? Well, for planning purposes, I tend to use, first of all, I look at the route where I need to go from the station, my end station point, to wherever I'm staying or wherever I'm going to. So in this case, I use Google Maps and I use Street View as well on Google Maps. So it would, it would show me it would look like once I got there. So I had an idea in my mind about exiting the train station and then what road I need to turn left or right or whatever, what road I need to go up to and keep on and see and look at landmarks because that's how I 
judge things. I, I judge them by landmarks. And if I'm looking off street view and think, ah, there's a pub there or there's a specific type of building there or, or you know, a, a building which is very interesting, stands out, something that stands out. And I always do that because I don't usually go by street names because some street names are very difficult to look at, to, to, to see. So I always go by by buildings. And so uh, I use Google Maps. I use a, a rail app on my phone for um, looking at um, connections and planning my journey. Um, I use, for instance, the cross country, have an app that I use and that was good for buying the tickets and what have you, and looking at um, where I need to make my connections. And then I've got another rail app on my phone, which just, all it does is look at um, timings for every station in the country. So you can just put in Birmingham New Street and see all the, all the departures and all the arrivals and it shows you all the stops on the, on the, on the train as well. So they're very good um, things to do to you. So I, I did that and then I used Expedia app on my uh, iPad to look at and find out hotels. And I, I dropped on a particular hotel called the Merchant Hotel in Salisbury. It was an ideal place for me to catch the bus to Stonehenge, but we'll talk a bit about that later. And so I booked through Expedia for the hotel. So I just booked the one night because last year it was, you know, we still had, well, we still do have COVID now, but it was even more prevalent last year. So I just, I just thought this would be a, a good opportunity to test things out and see how I felt about traveling again. So I stopped overnight there. I booked through Expedia, which was fine. It was absolutely good. I paid for it online. So I didn't have to, it was all taken care of through the app. And then that was all I had to pay for, for accommodation. Now I'm looking at the planning of going to Stonehenge. So found the Stonehenge tour website and that's a that they do you can pay for the bus to travel from Salisbury to Stonehenge or you can pay extra and go on the tour with a, with a with a guide i decided just to have the, the the just pay for the bus i didn't want the tour i wanted to be on, in control about what i wanted to see and do and i i wanted the experience of actually going there and seeing things for myself. I basically just booked the uh, the bus journey. So the first um, tour bus in the morning, the first one, booked the first one you could have in the morning, which was 10 a.m. So I booked that all online and they sent me an e-ticket uh, as an email that was all set up. I did this a couple of months before I needed to go. I thought I'd get it all done and dusted and organized so let's talk a little bit about the accommodation side of things the merchant hotel in Salisbury it, it, it's a really nice hotel it's very clean very tidy the staff are very personable I've got no connection with them whatsoever so uh, I gave them a good review anyway because they because I thought it was a very good very good hotel for the amount of money it cost uh, you do have to pay extra for breakfast on top of your accommodation. So when I arrived on, on the 
uh, it was Tuesday I came actually, and Tuesday I went down on Tuesday. Uh, and on the Tuesday I went down and arrived at the hotel. My journey to the hotel, I'd, like I said, I'd looked through Google Maps and sorted that out. And I, and it was spot on about the journey from the, from the railway station to the hotel. What I did notice was that there was a big Weatherspoons. Um, as you crossed over the river, there's a big Weatherspoons there. And so I marked that as a point of interest uh, so that I knew that I'm, you know, if I was going around and about or walking around Salisbury, I knew that if I knew I if I got to Weatherspoons, I knew I was on the right track to get back to the hotel. I also thought about the fact that if I couldn't find anywhere to, to, to eat properly for the evening meal, there's the Weatherspoons. I could always go there. And so I passed Weatherspoons and on my journey to the hotel, I fell in the hotel quite easily then. My accommodation, which I booked a few months in advance through booking.com, was a merchant's house hotel. It was about 70 pounds for the night, if I can remember correctly. And if you wanted breakfast, that was an additional 10 pounds, which you paid for once you booked in at reception. And uh, they gave you a list to tick off what you wanted for breakfast the following morning. And you gave them that back and that was that done. And the room itself was, a, I booked a single room. I didn't want a double room, I just bought a single room. It was clean, it was tidy. And um, for me, it was great because it was on the ground floor. Just went straight to the door, to the left, sorry, to the right, and then first to the left. And that was my room. And it was really nice and really clean and really tidy. And everything that you expect on the hotel. The breakfast in the morning was an all you can eat breakfast. Once you they'd given you what you wanted, uh, that you'd booked from the night before, that you could have whatever you wanted that, you know, you could have additional toast and eggs and bacon and sausage, you know. What, they really did want to fill you up. And of course, with the, the benefit of having a decent breakfast is you don't need anything else for the rest of the day then. So that was well worthwhile the money. And uh, if I had to go back to Salisbury again, I'd definitely book in the Merchant House Hotel. It's a really nice hotel. And the added bonus from nearly directly opposite the bus stand for the uh, bus to that goes to Stonehenge, the tour bus. So that was, that's even better. It's on, it, the actual hotel is on Canal Street in Salisbury. So, and that's one of the stops for the Stonehenge tour bus. So I can highly recommend the um, Merchant's House Hotel. Travelling to Stonehenge. So let's talk now a little bit about the journey to Stonehenge. So I bought the tickets like I said previously, about um, a couple of months before I went, um, the bus actually departs Salisbury Railway Station first and then goes to Canal Street. And Canal Street was actually on the same, it's a, it's a street that my hotel was on. So all I had to do really was to walk over the road. <laughs> which is very fortunate, walk over the road to this bus stop and that was it. And I got on the bus and um, uh, of course to give you a pair of headphones because on the journey to Stonehenge, they play uh, a, a guide uh, as you pass by certain parts uh, on the journey to Stonehenge. And it takes about, um, about half an hour or so to get to Stonehenge on the bus. It doesn't seem half an hour on the other bus, but, and Fortunately, it was fairly quiet. I got there for about half past 10, I think it was. And when you, um, when they, where they drop you off, straight in front of you 
are the uh, toilets. So gents and ladies with disabled toilets. So just a word about that in that they are accessible. They have got a proper disabled toilet as well. So that is okay. That, you know, there's nothing to worry about there. So you, you go past those toilets and there's a, a gravel path which takes you across another entrance as well towards the main main building, which is the visitor centre. I'm a member of English Heritage, so when I arrived at the visitor centre, I didn't have to pay. It's about £60 a year to be a member of English Heritage, and you're getting free to all their sites. So I did at the time, had to book in advance though, and, but there was no cost to me for doing that. So I had two choices when I did the visitor centre. So you go to the where you go pay, and then you just walk by through through the other part of the visitor centre, and that takes you onto a gravel path. You can either go and pick up the bus. There's a single decker bus which is accessible, which will take you. So about a five minute journey, it takes you, it takes you around to Stonehenge, to the side, drops you off, and then you can go back on the bus. About every five minutes or so. But it was a nice sunny day, so I elected to, to walk. So it's about, just about, about a mile or so, I think it is, maybe just a little bit over. And so, if you are going to do this, then you've got to be fairly, a fairly good walker. But it's not strenuous in the sense that you're not walking up hills and things like that. So basically you walk down the gravel path and there's a, the, there's a road that, that goes round that whole round the, towards the Stonehenge uh, itself. But you walk across the road and then there's a uh, at that time in the summer months it's all grassland but it's been cut down so there's if you can see it it's like a somebody's mowed the grass so you can tell that's the way to go so you go across the road and you turn right and you follow this pathway and the path like I say is, is grassland you go as far as you can and then you go through a gate please close the gate behind you as you do it and there's a further part, further put to the grass, and then you enter a wooded area. Well, today was a nice sunny day, so it was quite, it was really nice, and it is marked out quite well. Uh, but it's as you can imagine, it's a wooded area, so it's uneven ground. So, obviously, if you have a wheelchair, then that may not be appropriate for you. It depends on the type of wheelchair you're going to use. But it's a wooded, it is a wooded area, but it's fairly level ground for wooded area and um, there is signs every so often to tell you that you're on the, you're on the right path there's a quite the white signs with a black arrow and say you know this way sort of thing so that's quite easily marked and then you go you go through this pathway and then at the end you come to a gate and at the end of the gate at this gate there's also a, a uh, information plaque which you can read and then you go through the gate and then you walk through a field. That field is like the previous field where it has been mown in a certain way to, as to 
show you where to go sort of thing, a walkway so to speak. And so you follow that to another gate and at that gate to the and then you go through the gate, close the gate please when you're finished and you go to the right and that is the drop-off point to where Stonehenge is. Immediately, what they would like you to do, there's a certain way they want you to go, they want you to go from the left to the right. So you go like in a horseshoe shape around the site. So as you approach it, it's a, it's a stone, chipstone gravel path at the beginning. And then as you, then as you enter the site, it's all grass. The site itself is, is cordoned off with a very low sort of roped off area. So only a few inches higher but it's there to stop you from actually walking straight onto the site itself to where the stones are. And you can spend as much time as you want there and you can walk around and you can walk back around, you can do whatever you want, you can spend as much time as you want. I know I spent quite a bit of time because I was filming and, uh, and taking photographs at the time. Like I say, that area is appropriate for people with mobility needs. If you've got a electric wheelchair or something or, you know, um, or a buggy, electric buggy, that would be able to cope with that. And certainly in the summer months, because it was it was hard surface, so it wasn't, it was, you know, it's not muddy, anything like that. So that's just something to consider, obviously, when you, when we're in the spring months, so to speak. Uh, so that's something, something to consider about if you have a buggy and things like that. And so I went, I went round there and then, and then what I did then was I just reversed the way I came. The the thing you, you sort of don't notice them until you actually go back, but there's burrows, uh, burrow mounds dotted around as well, which you don't usually you don't take much notice of as you're going because you're sort of fixated going to Stonehenge, but as you as you come back you you see those, and then you go back through the forest again and then back on then back into the site itself to the to the um, visitor centre and when I got back I decided I was going to have something to eat I thought I'm going to travel back home directly from here so I'm, I'll grab a bite to eat. It, at that time it wasn't busy because it's I don't think a lot of people visiting last June the it's a, there's a shop there's a cafe there and in fact I, they really wanted people outside of the cafe they allowed you in but they wanted you for it outside so and it's not too expensive it was easy enough to get around. I'd imagine that if it was really busy on a really busy day, it would be difficult for people, say, with mobility issues to get around. And I think that's one of the things they might probably need to look at is the spacing. But certainly outside, there's not a problem because there's lots of quite nice tables and chairs and stuff outside that you can sit down and have your meal. Once I'd finished that and I decided, right, I'm going to head back home and navigate to myself in the reverse order to, to where the bus had dropped me off. I stayed on the bus until it got to Salisbury Station. I just missed a train going back to Basingstoke, so I had to wait for another one, which wasn't too bad because it was fairly frequent. And I think I got back to Birmingham about, ooh, about six o'clock, I think it was. So I didn't know too bad actually, considering, because I had to go to Basingstoke and Basingstoke to, uh, sorry, Salisbury to Basingstoke and then Basingstoke to New Street Station. And I thought it wasn't too bad actually. 
getting back home and um, I, think, I think I actually caught the bus back home because normally I usually get a taxi on the way back home but I think this time I just got a bus. It's quite, it was, you know, like I say, and that was my trip to Stonehenge. So, so, so in, in summary, I think you've got to realise that a lot of these places, especially historic and Neolithic places, and um, you will come in, you will have problems with accessibility and access, but it depends upon how they solve it. And there may be places that in certain situations you may not be able to access, but, and that's, although that's, that's you won't be happy about it, it's quite understandable to a certain degree because they want to keep the the actual building in a state that's it should be in really. On the whole, I thought by a bit of judicious planning on my part, and on your part if you decide to go, I think it'd be a great um, a great little visit to a very they to a world heritage site and uh, just do a bit of uh, research before you go. Certainly, if you're coming from London. There's trains, it looks like there's trains to the source where they, it's a very frequent service, you know, because a lot of the trains at Basingstoke tend to just go straight straight through to London as well. I think in, in some respects, it's probably one of the easiest sites to visit. If, I'm not saying it's, um, especially if you've got a car, then it's obviously it's better if you have a car because it's, more straightforward and might not take as long as a bus perhaps but generally speaking considering it's where it is it's a very very well sorted out site and English heritage deserves some sort of credit for the way they've planned everything out yeah that's that's my journey to um to Stonehenge I hope this helps you in some way and uh, this will be one of many so cheerio for now bye